Ladies and gentlemen, saints and missionaries, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. When St. Paul encountered the living God on the road to Damascus, he became a missionary to the nations. Praise the Lord. My name is Dan Demite, and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hi, everybody. How are you doing today, Aaron? This is the best day. Is it the best day? Why is it the best day? Every day. Because Jesus Christ is Lord. I've got good news for all of our listeners today. Jesus is risen from the dead. All right? (laughs) He is alive. He is not dead. And so, because Jesus is alive, you too, my friends, can share in his resurrected life. And that is what Christianity is all about. We are dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. Amen. And Jesus Christ wants to restore all that is broken and make it new. And today we're talking about the restoration, the revival of marriage. And in a culture that is so broken when it comes to marriage and family life, Jesus Christ says, guess what? I have divine solutions and I am the healer of all things and all people and all relationships. And Jesus Christ is the answer mm-hmm to the crisis of marriage and family that we're seeing in our world today. So we've got good news. So we're going to open with prayer. Let's do it, Aaron. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. God, we love you. Thank you for always surprising us by the fact that you are deeply concerned with our own circumstances, with our own relationships, and with our lives. God, you want to see us succeed more than we do. You want to see us happy more than we do. God, you want to see us living in lives that are fulfilled more than we do. We pray that you will begin to show us what your plan is for our relationships, what your plan is for our futures. Jesus, let us see the relationships that we have in our lives. For those of us who are married, Lord, let us see our marriages. Let us see our spouses the way that you do. We pray for revival in our families in Jesus' name. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, Aaron, I'm just, you know why I'm excited? Because I think, um, well, our guest is going to be awesome today. So that's pretty exciting. Absolutely true. You know, Dan, we did a show on families, and we didn't even have anybody here except the two of us. Exactly. Our guest is so awesome. And one of the main qualifications is that. She's a woman. <laughs> is that what makes her awesome? That's one of the things. Come yeah. on. We were, we were answering a bunch of things about uh, uh, family life, and it, it is, you know, it's it's so beautiful that God calls a complementarity of sexes to really um, bring strategies into family life and marriages that will, will, uh, yeah. will bring sanctification. And so uh, I just, Aaron, right now, when we look at the world today where, you know, it's, it's hard because marriage is hard and there's a lot of brokenness. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of... It's sad sometimes I'm talking to audiences of young people mm-hmm. on like dating and chastity talks or um, about like the theology of uh, human sexuality or theology of the body and this startling realization that like, oh my goodness, like unless we do things differently yeah. than the rest of the world, you are uh, just as likely to end up divorced than uh, as you are to stay married, right? If, if 50% or so marriages are ending in divorce, then our yep. children have like a 50-50 percent odds that they're going to remain marriage and and it's neat because jesus says i am the way the truth and the life and i love to say like are we going to date according to god's plan are we going to have human relationships according to god's plan or are we going to do it like everyone else and if we do it like everyone else like then we're going to go the way of everyone else yep yep um yeah uh, absolutely and we and we have the opportunity we have the the potential to actually change the way that our kids to impact the way that our kids um, view relationship 
and view marriage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some, yeah, so many times, you know, we're asking ourselves, how can I be a better parent? How can I actually um, set my kids up for success? I mean, how much of our energy do we as parents put into uh, like sports teams and education where I'm thinking, man, I need to prepare for every aspect of my child's future that I need to set them on the right path so that they can have a successful career so that they can buy a nice house so that they can provide. But you know, how many, how many times have, have we ever actually sat to think about like, how do I actually set my kid up to having a healthy and life giving marriage? How do I actually set my, my child up to learn how to be in relationship in a way that's not self-focused in a way that is um, calling him or her to be a, 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 a gift Right into that. And, you know, marriage in the Catholic context is a consecrated way of living. And when we say you're consecrated, that means that you're set apart as holy. And if if our marriages are going to be set apart and Mm -hmm. if our relationships as husband and wife are going to be set apart, it it probably means we should look different than the rest of the world. Right. Like you. I love Jesus. Uh, um, He's he's a good man. And he's got a lot of these good thoughts. You know, it's like he's he's smart or something. And and he had this one really neat thing he said one time where he talked about this wide path that leads to destruction and there are many who are on it but then the the narrow path that leads to life and you know the it, I, and he says there's only f- a few who find it that if a few find the narrow path and are walking on the narrow path and then there's a wide path that leads to destruction when i think about my marriage i want to make sure that my marriage looks different than mainstream marriage yeah. because if it looks like everyone else's if i'm living the same american dream as opposed to living god's kingdom dreams if i'm living for the same American mm. comforts as opposed to God's kingdom. If I if if everything is the same as everyone else, then how do I know that I'm on the narrow path that leads to life, right? And and Dan, uh, you should write a book on that. Yeah. So if you need if if you if you'd like to read a book, I've got a book. Uh, my wife and I wrote a great book. Thank you for that commercial. I'll just continue with it. Uh, we have a great book called Three Secrets to Holiness in Marriage. It's a 33 day self guided retreat for married couples, so that you can have a retreat at home that leads you through how to have a consecrated marriage, how to yeah. to live different than everyone else. And uh, it's really neat because it's um, it's it, it enables, there's discussion questions at the end of every ch- like page, and there's a uh, prayer for spouses. And it, it's what, what we've heard is it gets people talking about things they haven't ever talked about as couples. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the most important thing is that you're living with intentionality. And there, there's never really, I mean, it's hard to have like clear, like right and wrong answers that you have to do it this way, but there has to be intentionality. In order yeah. to have intentionality, you have to have conversation. And a lot of times we just don't know what questions to ask ourselves. And so we ask them for you. And so Three Secrets to Holiness in Marriage, it's a great uh, little retreat for you and your spouse. Great. Awesome. So we're going to we're gonna uh, bring in our guest today, and she's going to talk about uh, the great work she's doing in the Dawson Office of Marriage and Family Life. And we'll share a little bit about the, the awesome opportunity we have to bring revival to the Catholic Church uh, through awesome, vibrant marriages. And mm-hmm. so we're going to take a short break. When we come back on the flip side, you're going to hear from Stephanie Rapp, and she's actually going to rap for She's promised me this, uh, and so so don't go anywhere. I can't let that go unanswered. No, it, it's not going to happen. Not I promise, it's not true. But <laughs> but it's going to be great anyway. All right, we will be right back. <laughs> Jesus had some pretty direct words about the poor. I'll sum them up for you. If you don't serve the poor, you will go to hell. 
Ouch, that stings. But those aren't my words, so don't kill the messenger. Read Matthew 25. Jesus' entire summary of the final judgment has to do with how we treat those in need. A heart that's unmoved by hunger, nakedness, homelessness, and thirst can't enter the kingdom. Thankfully, it's not too hard to do something about it. Go online and give regularly to your favorite charity that serves the poor. The internet has brought them to your doorstep. Carry gift cards to supermarkets and fast food places to give to the poor in street corners. And if you're able, join a local charity in a hands-on way. Getting to know the poor up close and personal reminds us what's most important in life and what's not. We need the poor more than they need us. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, a show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that live lives of extraordinary mission. Yes. Yeah. All right, Aaron, we are going to hear the life-changing encounter of an ordinary woman who is living an extraordinary mission. I don't know about ordinary. Well, extraordinary transformed in <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so here in our studio, we are excited to welcome the uh, diocesan coordinator for marriage and family life with the Diocese of Columbus. So let's give it up for Stephanie Rapp. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank welcome, you so welcome. much. So Stephanie, I feel like we... Uh, have a natural bond because you're from New Jersey and yes. my wife's from New Jersey and mm. I've I've come to discover that a a, per, a a woman especially or a Jersey girl is different than any other creature <laughs> in, in, in God's creation and so uh, <laughs> so I appreciate your your background and I am excited just to let you share your story with our audience. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah thank you. When did you come to Ohio? Um, gosh, like a. 11 years ago. It's been about a decade. Okay. Yeah, does, a does, little over a decade. Does the great um, OHIO live up to the the expectations moving from Jersey? You know, well, I actually didn't move from Jersey. Grew up there, went to college in Florida. Oh, perfect. And then my husband and I moved here for him to go to law school. Awesome. So I would say yes, because we didn't plan on staying, but we liked it so much. We're still here <laughs> 10 even, years later. Even so. in spite yes. of the lack of oceans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're in the Office of Marriage and Family Life mm-hmm. and you're directing this office, I'm assuming that you are married and have children. So what's kind of the, the makeup of your family? Yes, yes. So i um, been married to my wonderful husband for actually at the end of this month will be 10 years. Awesome. And thank you. And we have um, a daughter, who, Liliana, who is four mm-hmm. and a half. And then Liam, who's two and a half, almost three, and then um, a little boy on the way. Awesome. Praise the Lord. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So uh, we are really excited to hear how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. So what Mm -hmm. was it that kind of just brought you into uh, a love for the man who is love himself? Well, you know, when you asked this question before, I I was thinking about it. I was like, to be honest, I, there was not a time that I wasn't in love with him. Mm, you thank, know, I, thank you, Jesus. I, well, and you talk so much about families, and I was blessed to be born into a family that my mom was Catholic. My dad was not Catholic at the time, but agreed to raise us Catholic and mm-hmm. was supportive of that. Um, so baptized as an infant and raised in the faith. So I really do not remember a time that I did not believe. And even my husband will be like, you were just given the gift of faith yeah, young. Praise like the Lord, as mom. long as I remember... Um, as far back as I, I can remember, like if I was alone, I was talking to God, you know, awesome. probably, most of the time, like out loud, <laughs> like yeah. five year old just talking to, <laughs> why but, is that crazy um, girl talking but, to herself? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but truly it was, um, a, a relationship from the beginning that yeah. of course looks different as you mature and learn more and have different experiences. And he, um, 
reaches out to you in different ways. Yep. But um, it really, I don't remember a time that I didn't have that, which I'm so blessed with. Yeah. I love that you say that you were talking to him even like when you were young. Like, what was that conversation like? Oh, Do you... gosh. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what my little prayers were at the time. But I know he was always a friend, a yeah. lot, you know, um, someone that obviously offered comfort yeah. and love and, and all of that yeah. from the beginning. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And someone I wanted to share with others. Like I remember, like I said, my dad was not Catholic at the time and I would go to CCD. We, I went to public school and stuff and I went to CCD and I'd come home and I'd like teach him. I wanted him to know the prayer. Yeah. <laughs> because, like I knew that there was something that needed to be shared, That's someone awesome. that needed to be shared. How do you preserve that same uh, spiritual life in your family today? Oh, it's so fun. Isn't it so it's just so fun to family <laughs> life, marriage and family life is the best. And I just I That's a I good feel, perspective from the director of yeah, marriage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well then I'm like I'm so blessed that my day job, I'm learning all these things that how to be even a better parent myself. Oh, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know? And I'm like, how like am I reading this for fun and for pleasure or for my job? Because it's really uh-huh. it's really it's all the, the same. same. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And um we really um I'm trying to think specifically. We want it to be joyful. Yeah. And again, like we were just saying, he's a person, you yeah. know, that it's a relationship. So really just bringing Jesus in to everything we do. You know, at night we're talking about where did you see Jesus today? And mm-hmm. it could be in anything, you know, whatever. Oh, my gosh. And it's so fun to see what the kids say, oh, yeah. too. It could be like family member or something that happened in school or like the birds or, you know, when they get yeah. to hear what we say. <laughs> and it's it's just really fun. And, of course, with all the resources that parents have now, I think we're so lucky with, you know, the camps like you guys do yeah. and just there's all the songs and just different opportunities. It really um, helps parents to be able to just share the faith with them and share Jesus with that them. That is great. It's so fun. So Aaron and I are directors of a, a young uh, middle school and high school age uh, camp called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. And I know that in high school you grew up going to Young Life Camps, which is kind mm-hmm. of, honestly, Young Life Camp is a evangelical version of what we do, but we mm-hmm. kind of modeled ourselves after what they were doing because mm-hmm. they were introducing so many young people to this life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ in such a personal and intimate way. And we wanted, in a Catholic context, text to really introduce young people into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So when you were in uh, middle school and high school and you were getting involved in Young Life Camp and stuff like that, how did that relationship with Jesus Christ get uh, kind of ignited and flourish? Oh, that was that was huge. Mm-hmm. Young Life, God truly used Young Life um, in a huge way in my life. And at the time, there wasn't a Catholic option. Yeah. Or else um, you would have been there. Why didn't you but... come to Catholic Youth <laughs> Summer Camp when it didn't exist? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what were your parents oh, yeah. thinking? <laughs> well, and... Uh, funny enough, our young life leaders were Catholic. Yeah. So we still, you know, it was still <laughs> mass on Sundays and everything. And then we had young life club on oh, good. Tuesdays and everything. Um, but it, I remember the reason why I started going is I was at a friend's house and her mom told her, you're going to young life tonight. And she's like, I'm not going unless Steph goes. <laughs> so she turned to me and, and she was like, are you going to come with me? And I was like, oh, sure. I mean, I was for it, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, and I had a great time. And then, of course, they start promoting camp. And I remember them saying it will be the best week of your life. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I'm excited and everything, but that's kind of a, a big promise. <laughs> you know, I Going a little over church camp's not right. going to be the best week of my life. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's a lot to live up to. Um, but I, I will say that up until, I mean, obviously things change once you get married. And from then on, like that obviously was the best was yet to come. Oh, but yes. up until... Up until then, yeah. um, the weeks at Young Life Camp were truly the best weeks of my life and That's life-changing. Awesome. And I remember the very first time 
going and same thing like you said it's very it sounds very similar to catholic youth summer Mm -hmm. camp with the activities and just the the immense joy Mm -hmm. and the fellowship there it's like you're in a different world like it's 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 amazing um but at the end and they're going they're talking about the gospel throughout the whole week and at the end they give all the campers 20 minutes of silence and you just go wherever you want and that's your 20 minutes just with god and I remember hearing the gospel in a different way that mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it was definitely um, a significant encounter. And when I was led deeper yeah. and having 20 minutes, I mean, to be like 14, I was either 14, 15 um, and 20 minutes, no distractions, not with friends, not with mm-hmm. family, but just you and God and silence and outside. And it just, um, Jesus definitely <laughs> let himself known. So it's just the peace and the love and the comfort. And it was that was the first year. And then, of course, I had to go back. <laughs> so yeah. I went back every summer. And I was mentioning to you earlier that they would encourage you, if you're coming back to experience that again, you should be bringing. Yep. I forget if they put a number on it, but it was like, you do not come back alone because this is to share. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's good and, marketing, Young Life. Uh, was, well, but, well, but, but that is Christianity, right? It's not about me and Jesus. It's yes. about me and Jesus and the body of Christ. Right. Like, And I've got to bring – I'm not trying to get myself to heaven. I'm trying to get as many souls as possible right. with and me And you don't heaven. keep them to yourself. Yeah. You go and share. And honestly, that naturally happens too. Yep. I mean, when you have that encounter with Christ, you – you don't stay the same, yep. you know, and you're talking about him and you want to share mm-hmm. that. So, um, but Young Life made it very easy to do that when you yeah. have awesome activities and things to like bring your friends to. Exactly. Yeah. It's and, not dorky to bring your kid, your friends to a camp, you know. While, yeah, like, yeah. while we're on that great. topic, yeah. uh, parents, if if you're inspired by, by that testimony from Stephanie, certainly you should be. Um, there, there's really, there's nothing better than, than that five day encounter to actually unplug from the world and to be lit on fire on mission. I remember, you know, some of the most impactful experiences that I had in high school were, were those retreats and those mm-hmm. trips. And, um, and w- what we've seen at Catholic U summer camp is that s- the Lord can accomplish so much when we give him opportunity to do it, mm-hmm. when we actually put ourselves in his presence and, and ask him, you know, God, I'm going to give you this week. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you these 20 minutes. I'm going to give you this, this weekend. And um, if you're looking for opportunity for that, if you're thinking, man, my son, my daughter, my grandson, my granddaughter could use that, um, check out Catholic U Summer Camp at CYSC.com. I know right now, um, if you're if you're listening to a recording on this, chances are, if you log on to Catholic U Summer Camp, CYSC.com, um, our registration will be open. I know right now we've, we've still got some spots available for the summer of 2019, and um, it would be it'd be worth your time certainly to go and investigate that as an opportunity for your kids. Yeah, we offer camp for middle schoolers and high schoolers, so current fifth graders can go to camp. And I think there's something so profound about those middle school years, introducing them to the life with Christ young. Um, they say nowadays, like what used to be uh, the issues that kids were facing in high school, now they're facing in middle school. And so getting them on that right journey with Jesus Christ and making and I love what you you said, Stephanie, because it's all about a joy filled community that leads you to this encounter with Jesus Christ, that it's uh, there's something about joy, that joy in and of itself is an encounter with Jesus, right? Like, and it's like it's a fruit of the Spirit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. But no, like just when you see a community of people who truly aren't aren't like forced happiness but are authentically uh and they're they're just they're on they're they're filled with joy it's mm-hmm. like i want that i want that i want and so many high schoolers um they they want that 
but they don't, that's not their experience in high school, right? right. Like high schools are so dark sometimes you're like why is everyone so angry like i remember like going into school sometimes like why are people like why aren't you smiling it's it gotta be like it takes more effort to have that face right now i i like to i like to say more muscles to frown than to smile exactly i've often like there's there's that phrase uh rbf you know i won't actually say the phrase but i always say i want resting joy face and we've been praying that we would just have like a release of resting joy face that all of us our normal disposition would be a face full of joy and that's what you live stephanie that's awesome so so you 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 are raised in the faith you Mm -hmm. you love jesus you're a crazy person who talks out loud to jesus all throughout the day (laughs) that's good um so i guess since this is a show on marriage you should probably tell us like how'd you fall in love and meet your husband and all that fun stuff oh you know, well, to, I know. I'm like, how did you, do I did you prep her for that? that <laughs> well, and it's a great story, but I mean, it could take up the rest of the, <laughs> the show. Um, but we actually met through a mutual friend. So I met a friend in college that knew him from high school. So yeah. she introduced us. And um, it, I was actually dating someone else at the time. So it wasn't even like an introduced to date. It was just we were in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Um, but then through... Through conversations and becoming friends, and like I said, I'm going to break it down shorter. Um, then he he definitely pursued me and kind of knew quicker than I did that this was. And even when when we eventually did start dating, it was pretty early on that he had said like I'm going to. Well, actually, it was before we started dating. <laughs> he he said like I'm going to marry you one day, and I was like, obviously not creeper because I still dated him <laughs> and still wanted to talk to him. But um, but he was he definitely um pursued me and knew, yeah. and it was awesome. And and clearly he was right. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Um, so we dated a year, we're engaged a year, and now I've been married almost 10. Nice. Awesome. So he's wonderful. So how have you guys made your marriage mission-focused? Hmm. Well, um, let's see. I mean, right away, even when we were engaged, we were always like reading, like books similar to like what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. what, that you and Amber wrote. So even just going into marriage and preparing for what our vocation and what our marriage was going to be like, I feel like. Before that, we had plenty of conversations about what our what our marriage was and was going to look like and what our hopes were. were. And, of course, it's the challenge to live that out yeah. in everyday life. Um, number one, I think, is openness to life, Amen of course. That. So, yeah. um, and that's something that we obviously learned about through the church and, and through taking NFP classes through the diocese, that, that through the office that I now work for. Actually, our NFP coordinator is who taught Craig and I, NFP. Awesome. Um, and we went through the pre-Cana there. And yep. actually, that was one of the things we, we did is started volunteering for pre-Cana when we oh, were newlyweds awesome. as yeah. well. So right there was is kind of a more obvious mission of wanting to share marriage yeah. and our love for each other and our love for God's design for marriage with engaged couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually got me connected to the office, which yeah. eventually I decided to work for Praise her. <laughs> I so, prayed that I could work for yeah, So often, I, I think our, our diocesan offices are like this this mysterious place that's shrouded in secrecy. Okay. Um, we, we've got some amazing work coming out of our diocese, praise the Lord. Yes. And uh, I wonder, Stephanie, can you share with us, like, what is the mission of the Marriage and Family Life Office? Yes. Well, of course, overall mission for all of us, right, is to always be calling everyone into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. So, I mean, that's always the consistent um, married, not married. Yeah. Evangelization. Right. Of course, our office focuses on 
marriage um, and families, but everyone's part of a family too. So yeah. really, most of the time, I'm saying like, I don't know what doesn't fall under our office because honestly, like, <laughs> we're the family really, of God. So yes. <laughs> the family of God and parishes are made up of families, yeah. and you were everyone was born into a family, you know. So it yeah. really. Um, covers a, a wide range, but our main, main focus is our marriage preparation. And of course, that's not just immediate preparation when you're engaged, but really even encouraging parents and stuff in preparing kids for marriage or whatever vocation, but the gift of self and that whole, and the whole idea from birth, you know, obviously modeling that in your own family. So marriage preparation from birth on. Um, that's so good. I love that. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes, yes. so good. I mean, it's, it's necessary. It has yeah. to be, you know, so obviously we're more involved in the immediate prep when we're doing yep. pre-canas and those things, mm-hmm. but really trying to equip, um, parishes and ministries and schools to help the parents to be doing that from day one. Cause of yeah. course that's the first time kids experience God, love, all of that yeah. is, in, is in the family. Um, so marriage prep, natural family planning and fertility awareness, um, also marriage enrichment, but I will say our, we minister to the ministers. So mm-hmm. a lot of times we might seem hidden because it's, we're meeting with the parish leaders, <laughs> you know, cause they're the ones who meet with families, Yeah, you know? So, um, we don't have a parish of our own. We're here to be a resource yeah. for all the people who are doing the work at the yeah. parish level or, or the ministry level or the school level. Um, but it's such it's such a gift to be able to do that, yeah. you know, and I think the church, we need to be equipped to do that because yeah. parents and families are going to come to us with so many different needs. There are so many complex situations and we need to be ready to love and show, share Jesus no matter what. Yeah. Just, like, thrown at us. yeah. Especially in today's culture, I'm sure it is hard because there's so many different um kinds of families that we're trying to minister to and like how do you love them where they're at but and call them into what god wants for their their lives mm-hmm. and so why were you attracted to like all of the different missions in the church why were you attracted to the, the marriage and family life office well i'd say it started when i started getting involved in ministry or service it wasn't with marriage and family specifically um i volunteered at well i didn't volunteer um I worked at a homeless shelter for families when I was in college. And I went there. Actually, someone spoke at one of our campus ministries and was talking about um, serving the poor. And I felt an, a call to do that mm-hmm. and got a job there. This was in Tampa for the summer. And then by the end, I mean, I could not leave. That would talk about, like, mm. again, encounter with Christ through those people and those kids. And it was um, another life-changing experience and felt the call to um, service and social work as a career. Yeah. So... Um, had experiences with child, like getting a job at Children's Services, went back when we moved here for my husband to go to law school. I got my uh, master's in social work and started serving in um, other ways first. So again, it wasn't specifically marriage right away. Yeah. So um, I worked in some anti-human trafficking efforts and then in providing mental health services to kids and families. That's awesome. So I, looking back, I could see how God like directed it to ultimately get here, mm-hmm. especially being able to work with families that were going through so many different things. Yeah. Um, but then of course, so I'm in the social work world in my career and then obviously married and called to the vocation of marriage and Craig and I are sharing our experiences at Pre-Cana and loving marriage. And then I started 
when people would ask me what I want to do with my career, or like what was the next step, I started, I was like, I want to work for the diocese. Like I wanted to be <laughs> in ministry. And when I started looking for another job, the first place I looked, diocesan website, this was open. And wow. I was like, okay, God. Yeah, and thank you, Lord. I applied and I, and same thing. I like prayed and prayed. And I was, I was, of course was like, I want whoever's supposed to be in this position to be in this position. If it's not me, it's not, I mean, I want it to be me, but if it's not me, God, it's up to you. And he, I'm just humbled that I'm here and able to do yes. this. Yes. So how can we bring yeah. revival to marriage ministry in the U.S.? How, what's, what is like, what, what are is, the needs? What are the needs? Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, the, what you guys were saying before about married couples yeah. being witnesses. I mean, you're the whole intro to this show. I was shaking my head. I was like, yes, yes, this is, this is what we need is to, um, not only see marriage, of course, it's a vocation and is to sanctify us and your spouse, you know, you're getting your spouse to heaven, your kids to heaven, modeling that love to them, but also your marriage being a gift to the world, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to be that witness. I think that's just huge. Like we need to be that, that change, you know, against the culture you were just talking about that has, has a completely different view of what marriage is. So Amen. I think, I think first is that, um, you know, I, I actually just really love that. I think that so often um, eh, there's this pervasive um, idea in, I, I would say, like the young Catholic culture of young uh, on-fire Catholics who end up getting married. Mm-hmm. There's this, they become almost insular where they, they the, everything becomes about the mission of their family. And it's like, well, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Cause I have to do everything with my family. And, yeah. uh, and like you said, the parish is a family of families and I'm not meant to live my vocation as, as, as family by myself as family. I'm meant to live my vocation as family in a community of families. And so my family being integrately involved in the church parish community is the way I express my, my vocation and, and my mission (laughs) is marriage. It's my wife, it's my kids, but it's not just that my mission. I'm a lay person. We're all like, our mission is the world. We are Jesus Christ in the secular world. And so if I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be married and I'm going to live this awesome (laughs) Catholic family life. And I'm going to do it by running away from the world and no longer being like participating in anything the world does. That's actually a a misunderstanding of the Catholic lay theology that we're supposed to be the, the, we, the marriage, marriage and family makes the love of Jesus Christ and his love for the church and the people of God incarnate in the world. And it's just an awesome reality. And, and, and to, to continue to develop that, like marriage should actually make you more of who God has called you to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're involved in a personal mission in your life, you know, whether that mission is Catholic radio or whether that mission is Catholic youth summer camp or Damascus or, or, you know, whether that mission is a secular job. Absolutely. That, that, that entering into your relationship, like should never call you out of the passion that God's placed on your heart for mission. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for so many people, it's like, man, um, you know, this was, this was the call that God had on my heart for a season, but now that God's calling me into this new thing, it's time for me to let the old thing go. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, if, if, if God has given you a mission and a purpose and a, and a, a passion in your life, like that's actually an indicator for you of, of what God's direction is going to be in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that, that should be, that should be actually accented and highlighted and amplified by Mm -hmm. the way that you're called to give your life to another person. And I think about how God obviously designed marriage and gave us the gift of marriage. Um, 
but also he uses that to describe his love for us. Amen. You know, so yeah. just thinking about if we are a sign that then points others to how God loves us and the relationship with him and, and his bride, mm. um, that can't just be kept inside, you know, that has yeah, to be by shared. Definition. You know? and of, <laughs> right. And of course, your kids are also going to see that and your uh-huh. marriage is going to thrive. Yeah. Um, because like you said, if God's um, calling you to a mission, your vocation as a married couple is going to enhance that mission and vice versa. Amen. You know, it's all going to work together. Amen. Yep. So. Um, I, I, I love that. I love the passion that you have for this ministry. It's, it's so good. Um, I wonder like what, what glory stories have you seen in your own work in marriage ministry in the diocese? Where have you seen, like, what have been your proudest moments of seeing the fruit of your work? Mm-hmm. Those are good questions. Um, I think something that goes along with what we're talking about with being a witness is different things we're trying to do with marriage prep. Yeah. Um, seeing that engaged couples need need couples that are witnessing mm-hmm. and what married life is like. And it doesn't mean they need to be perfect because I think that's another misconception is like, well, my marriage not isn't perfect, so I'm not able to share. Oh, yeah. My wife and I you are know? joyfully dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> we got it all together. Uh-huh. <laughs> but But young people, well, all people need genuine relationships and mm-hmm. they need to see it modeled. And just like we talk about our kids are going to learn love from seeing us yeah. and our relationships with our spouse and stuff. I think just, again, the world needs to see that as well. So being able to share that and some of some experiences I hear of, of people who through marriage prep are able to have mentor couples and grow in relationship with another couple that they admire that is able to like share Jesus with them mm-hmm. and the vocation of marriage is really beautiful. And I think that's where a lot of... Um, change and growth is going to happen yep. as well. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Praise the Lord. I, I I wonder, could you speak to, just because you're such a witness to joy, and um, and we were talking about joy earlier and the power of joy, even at like Young Life Camp in your life, I, how can we bring more joy into marriage? That's a good question, too. Um, <laughs> well, and I think... Well, first, of course, the answer is always Jesus, right? So we yes. need to <laughs> individually. That's a safe shot. Yeah, <laughs> I'll always start there. I can't go wrong. Um, so personally, individually, of course, yeah. spending time with the Lord, and then as a couple, I'm sure you've probably touched on this, possibly in other shows too. Just the power of prayer as a couple, as well, to keep that joy going. Um, in my opinion, if you have kids, I learned so much about joy from my children, mm-hmm. just seeing the immense joy that they have and what they, everything's a big deal and everything is so fun. And I know that that has um, really impacted me. But also, um, I would encourage spouses to have fun with their spouse. Like even some of our events, like of course, retreats and and all these things and speakers, all wonderful but we also need to be dating each other, joking around with each other, mm-hmm. you know, having a good time. Because I know that, like, life gets busy. It's hectic. We all have a ton of responsibilities. But I do agree with you that joy needs to be um, joy and fun and laughter still needs to be there yeah, all the time. Exactly. You know? And I think I would say events and, and programs and stuff. But to be honest, sometimes I don't always think that's the answer because married life is not always lived at events and retreats and stuff, you know, like yeah. you need to be living that out every day. And even if there are times that it's not joyful um, and there are hard times in, in marriage, that doesn't mean it's any less special or important or Christ filled, you know, and sometimes it's those sacrifices and those tough yeah. times that you're even 
closer or you can experience Jesus in a completely yeah. different way, you know? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a great test. So, uh, and, and I think that it's, it's in diving into those moments that are hard that you can actually find the true and authentic meaning and, and value of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're raising a one-year-old right now and she is awesome in every way except for her sleep schedule. And um, I was actually, I just had such a good moment of joyfulness with my wife the other day of, um, I mean, I don't know, parents, if you've gone through that process, all of you have, like how many times is are those days and months and, and years potentially of like, uh, of learning how to function on an unhealthy level of sleep? Like how many times does that result in frustration and anxiety? or breakdown of relationship and breakdown of communication. And um, Monica and I just got to share such like a, a beautiful moment of like joyful resignation um, just yesterday about the fact that, yeah, this is miserable and we are, we are entering in together and we're going to be like, we're going to partner in this process and see through, see it through um, together. And like it, it, the value of having a partner to share and challenge together mm-hmm. and um and to suffer joyfully and to yes. and to engage in that process of realizing that I'm not in this alone mm-hmm. and that and that actually even when times are challenging, like this is an opportunity for me to enter into the joy of the Lord mm-hmm. amen to that Absolutely. I love that I, I like to try to um just make sure our schedule's not so packed so that we leave time for spontaneous fun too, like you were saying mm-hmm. like just having fun as a family of like because um, I think sometimes I know that when it's the hardest on our family life is like when we're going, going, going and there's not downtime. And it's those it's the downtime where the spontaneous wild things happen that are just goofy. And mm-hmm. um, and so just being able to make sure that the way of life we create as a family isn't so programmed and so scheduled that there's not the freedom of just fun as a family and (laughs) or at least scheduling fun you know like uh scheduling like family family nights where it's a game night or it's a movie night or or like scheduling days where you're just going to spend like a couple hours together goofing Mm -hmm. off and being intentional i think is always so important just to i just i yeah i mean there's nothing better than um a, a family laughing together and mm-hmm. th- i think that's my my greatest hope as a um as a dad is that someday that our 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 kitchen table so our kitchen table is um uh is often very loud and goofy and wild and there's crazy stories that we're sharing around the table and um i want to make my family table like the dinner table so joyful that when the kids are older, they want to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And that they they would sit around the table and spend time and laughter together. And um, and I just pray that the Lord would would restore laughter in families again, you know, and mm-hmm. just restore laughter in marriages. Um, mm-hmm. That it, it, not everything is so serious. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, true. Stephanie, if you could do, if you could say anything to the world about marriage and family, because like, you can. What is it right now? <laughs> Jesus is giving you a microphone. What do you want married couples married couples to know? Um, I would say, let Jesus be the foundation of your marriage. Yeah. Um, rely on the graces of the sacrament of marriage, and that it's um, marriage is a big deal. Like those, like the sacrifices you were just talking about, or some of the joyful suffering, or the the little moments of play. Those are all big deals, you mm-hmm. know, and we could truly 
live that out every day with God's grace and just seeing those little moments as ways that we could become more holy and more like Jesus and give of ourselves and therefore be showing the world more of him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your your yes matters, listeners. Your marriage matters. You are um, absolutely necessary in the kingdom of God. I, I and Just to bring that back, like in Ephesians chapter 5, St. Paul tells us that um, our marriage is a, a vision, a sign, a picture that points to God's marriage with the church. And like you're making God's love incarnate in the world. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for making uh, Jesus's love so present in this world because without you, um, the sign and the picture of, of, uh, of Jesus's love may not be seen to, to everyday people. And so, so keep doing that. And, uh, Stephanie, we've been so blessed to have you on our show. We're going to take a quick break. And, uh, when we come back, we will uh, let you know how you can learn more about, uh, Stephanie and the work that she's doing. All right. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be right back. After a fight with my wife, I was complaining to God. Why does it always have to be about her? Can it be about me? And God spoke to me, not audibly, but in my heart and with words I'll never forget. He said, you have every right to make it all about you, to put your own needs first. You have every right to be average, to be ordinary, and not to become a saint. Suffice it to say, I retracted my prayer. (laughs) And in retrospect, I think God wasn't only calling me to holiness, but to happiness. The days I wake up and say, my wife is lacking these five traits of a perfect spouse. I should tell her. Those aren't my best days. The days I wake up and ask myself how I can make her the happiest wife on earth, I end up being the happiest husband. Go figure. Jesus said, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, a show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that live lives of extraordinary mission. Yes. We just got done listening to the awesome mm-hmm. testimony and missionary activity of Stephanie Rapp. If, uh, listeners, if you're like, wow, I really want to get a hold of Stephanie and find out what she's doing, you can uh, contact her in her office at familylife at columbuscatholic.org. That's familylife at columbuscatholic.org. All right, Aaron, so what is on your mind? What stuck out to you the most about that last segment? Ah, Stephanie's so cool. Man, that's great. And you know what? I I love when we focus on um, unique areas within the church. I think sometimes our tendency can be to uh, look at a ministry like youth ministry or, um, in this case, marriage ministry and say that because this doesn't apply to me, that this isn't a message that I need to um, be an advocate of, this isn't a message that I need to be impacted by. Um, this isn't a message that I need to open my heart to. I, I would urge all of our listeners, specifically if you are not married or if you were married and you've experienced divorce in your family, if you've, if you've been widowed, right, that, that, that we might enter into this conversation about the good of marriage precisely because it's a revelation of what what is God's image, right? Of what is God's nature? That that marriage exists as a as a sign of the reality of God's presence, of God's love, of the way that God wants to impact our church. That doesn't mean that you have to do it. That doesn't mean that you have to be a part of it. Um, but it does mean that there's tremendous value. And I would even suggest that uh, 
as as individuals in the church who are struggling in their marriage, who are struggling with the idea of marriage, who have been wounded by marriage, like it is it is more your call to actually um, to actually carry this banner of this unique way that God desires to impact the world. And, and what a what a beautiful uh, call that would be. You know, as we advocate for marriage, as, as the saying goes, like the rising tide raises every ship, that if, if I can be a ceaseless advocate, especially of the vocations that I'm not engaged in, man, how my life will be blessed. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd like to join, um, I'd like to join all of us just in, in lifting our prayer for marriages. God, bless marriages today. Yes, Lord. Um, Jesus, we pray in your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you, Lord, would um, bless every marriage that's struggling, would br- would bless every marriage in our families, and particular, Lord, uh, particularly, Lord, for those people who are who have been wounded by marriage, for those people who are not engaged in in a marriage, um, God, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would speak to our hearts, and that you would allow us to uh, to 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 join with you in celebrating the good that you want to do in the lives of, of families. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Aaron, I, I love your wife one time, uh, Monica. She said that every broken relationship that we have is is first, not because we have a, a relationship crisis, it's first because we have a singleness crisis. And mm-hmm. she was speaking to this reality that like people don't know how to be single. And because people don't know how to be single, they don't know how to be married. And um, the fact that I need to understand before I understand my unity with a spouse, I need to understand my unity with with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and and I have to have confidence and comfortability in a, a a heart that's no longer wounded. That I'm okay just in my relationality with Jesus. That that marriage points to this eternal reality of God's love for the church and Jesus's love for me, and mm-hmm. He wants to espouse me and. Uh, I just really want our listeners to um, grow in intimacy with Jesus and allow yeah. the intimacy with Jesus to fuel the intimacy with your spouse. And <laughs> especially husbands, um, the the more intimate you are with Jesus Christ, the greater intimacy you're going to have with your wife and your children. Yep. And, and I would say if you block intimacy with Jesus in your life, you're going to have a hard time... Um, opening yourself to intimacy with your spouse and your children. And if I can't be vulnerable with Jesus in my prayer and and open to him uh in my prayer, I'm gonna have a hard time being vulnerable and open with my spouse. Mm-hmm. And uh and so I just pray that we would have a, a greater release of intimacy with Jesus upon all those who are listening, that you would find uh Jesus just speaking to you and pursuing you and sweeping you off your feet. I have yeah. literally been uh romanced by the Lord at some points and like just pursued by him in, in such a beautiful way. We were uh, actually, we had a um, outpouring event last weekend where we, <laughs> we gathered a lot of people up at Damascus and we were worshiping and the speaker um, had spoken just about the intimacy that Jesus wants for us. And we had this vision as we were praying of Jesus Christ coming in and proposing to us in a sense of like asking, like, will you marry me? And that he wants to espouse us and he's asking me as an individual will I give all of myself to him and allow him to give all of myself, uh, all of himself to me. And just that reality that Jesus wants to, uh, pursue you and propose to you and have a unity with you. That's unshakable. It's pretty good stuff. Oh, I love it. We're so blessed (laughs) in the church. Um, as we, uh, as we draw our show to a close today, um, I I wonder if maybe we can offer just a little bit of that Damascus missionary flair that, that our listeners love to receive from us. Um, you know, uh, as, 
as we are charged with the mission of forming the the lives of young adult missionaries at Damascus, um, what, you know, we love to celebrate the idea of engaging in awesome uh, marriages that are going to bless the church and that are going to bless mission. I our, our missionaries always giggle when we when we have our formation sessions on like effective relationships, and um and and we we talk about the fact that our goal as a missionary body is that we would see good and healthy Catholic marriages come out of our ministries that we would see little Damascus babies running around someday right that that we want to see uh, we want to see the church um, filled with this with this awesome and intense and life giving mission. Dan, one of the things you mentioned in earlier in the show that I want to draw us back to, because I think it's so pivotal in our, in our pursuit of what relationship means in light of mission is, is the fact that God never calls us to, um, he never calls us outside of mission in order to be inside of vocation. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember just to share a, a very brief personal testimony, like, you know, my mission uh, and the mission of my family has has been engaged with Catholic Youth Summer Camp since I met my wife. Monica and I met uh, in our very first year at, at Catholic Youth Summer Camp as counselors. And um, our the members of our family, um, even members of, of our, you know, trusted adults in our lives, when, when we were married and decided that, yeah, we want to spend our marriage together on mission at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. They were like, you're crazy, right? Or when we had our, when we had our first child, we had, we had little baby Leah in July and we were at camp in August. And, um, and their response was, that's insane. Like, like, why would you want to, um, why would you want to bring your kid to live in a cabin for a summer and and we were like, no, it, it wasn't a cabin. It was a bike shed that we know, called a cabin. You know, we, in the, in those, those, so those were the glory very nice. days. <laughs> but but you know, um, I, I mean, I, I feel like so often our perspective is that uh, discomfort in mission, sacrifice in mission, sacrifice in calling has its place, but its place doesn't enter into my marriage. It doesn't enter enter into that area where I, as a father or I, as a mother, have that responsibility to like provide comfort and confidence and security for my family. Yeah. Um, God is never going to call you into comfort, confidence, or security at the expense of mission. Yeah. And I wonder too, the, um, with that, it's, it's possible that like I get excited about mission in the church and then I just invest, invest, invest in that. But I do that apart from my, my wife and my children. Yeah, no good. And then all of a sudden, uh, my my children's experience with the mission of the church is well, dad's always gone, or my spouse's experience is well, um, he he he's he's passionate about this over here, but he's not passionate about us. And I wonder if uh, if you would spend time with your spouse, just asking each other, what is the mission that God has for us? Mm-hmm. Marriage is a sacrament of mission. That's what the catechism says, and and it, uh, the sacraments of mission are oriented towards the salvation of others. And so if if marriage is a, a sacrament that's oriented towards the salvation of others, that means first and foremost, it's oriented towards the salvation of your spouse and your children, right? Mm-hmm. And so if your house is out of order, get it in order, right? We've got that. We need, we need to do that. Our house needs to be in order so that we're, we're oriented as husband, as wife to, 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 
aim for the salvation of our spouse and our children. But it's not just for the salvation of your spouse mm-hmm. and your children. It says the catechism says it's oriented towards the salvation of others. And and so I'm seeking the salvation of the world, right? <laughs> who who is Jesus Christ asking me to serve? And and my spouse and I have been put together uniquely as husband and wife to be more equipped as as a couple than as an individual to bring the salvation Amen. of Jesus Christ into the world. And so ask yourselves, how are my sp- spouse and I? As a couple ask, how are we called to help Jesus Christ bring salvation to a broken world? And, and brothers and sisters, if it is simply living the American dream and living for a comfort kingdom through our, our perfect suburban house, we've missed the mark that Jesus Christ wants you to labor in a way that you were talking, Aaron, choosing discomfort, choosing sacrifice, choosing the difficult way so that others may know the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that means. Maybe it means like you're called to invest more in the parish. Maybe it means that you're called as a couple to invest in some sort of apostolate outside of the parish. Maybe it's that you're called to just invite people over to your house more and become a a sanctuary of hospitality and peace mm-hmm. where you pray over the people that you invite over and you minister to those. I don't know what God has for you, but the mission of marriage is not an option. That your vocation is the means by which you obtain salvation. And if you live complacency, we're we're in a sense missing, we're not only jeopardizing our own salvation, and I say that uh, (laughs) lightheartedly, I'm not telling you're going to hell, but but we're ultimately missing out on the great adventure that God has called for us and prepared for us in our marriage. And I think our marriages are going to find, I know that my marriage is strongest and most alive when my wife and I are are deepest on mission together. Amen. Right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, we love you. And we thank you for calling us into this adventure of co-laboring with you and with one another. Jesus, bless marriages. God, use our families as the, the tool that you desire for evangelization in the world today. God, give us access points into relationships that we wouldn't have otherwise because we're pursuing you not as individuals, not only as individuals, but as families. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, just bring a great supernatural healing to any broken family right now, Mm -hmm. any broken marriage. Lord, I just pray that your heart for healing would be actualized in those broken families. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Just fill them with your love and your consolation, your peace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your ear listening once again to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN and carried across the EWTN Global Radio Network. You can check out our podcast wherever podcasts are found, Beyond Damascus. And you can, of course, check out St. Gabriel Radio at www.stgabrielradio.com.